0: You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network.
1: And I believe Nick said, oh. and they call Air Canada, and I replied with, might as well start calling them via rail at this point. <laughs> of the line of the night. You were a bottle and a half of wine in, so you thought everything was hilarious. <laughs> Okay, that's still funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the two It Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set... Welcome to another episode of the Two and Out CFL podcast with Travis Curra and Brazilian Ty. We're a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Yeah, we made it uh, through the wedding, and we are actually recording on Sunday night, so I think uh, we've made it a lot further than most expected, including me.
1: Yeah, you were the star of the supper, I think.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think the roast beef saved my life.
1: Oh, it's so, I was so happy when you started to eat. I'm like, oh, he's got a chance to make it to midnight.
0: Dude, I haven't had wine for a while, but that stuff was going down like Kool-Aid.
1: Yeah, like it was, you drank two bottles in an hour and a half. <laughs> it was like you were in a book club. <laughs>
0: Oh, run the water. Get the bubbles ready. Let's talk about the games. Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em. And show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click CFLFantasy.tsn.ca. Enough of talking about it. There has to be consequences. And Pick'em.cfl.ca. Okay, so let's go back. It feels like an eternity ago, but Thursday night, the Montreal Alouettes and the Edmonton Eskimos, the Esk smash the Owls 44-23. We should mention there is some breaking news uh, this evening as well with the Alouettes making a deal with the Argonauts. They have acquired Ryan Bombin in a fifth-round pick in 2020 in exchange for TJ Heath uh and a third in 2020 so bomb going to the Argos Heath going to the to the owls so Heath and you know Tommy Campbell on the same defense although they do lose bomb in there maybe they want to play uh Johnstone uh, starting him there but <laughs> the offensive line clearly is not working in Montreal as judged
1: by this game against Edmonton <laughs> not not much is working in Montreal to be honest yeah no kidding um, you know Vernon Adams, fifteen to twenty eight, not terrible. Uh, only two hundred seventeen yards with a pick didn't throw a touchdown. Added seventy two yards with a touchdown on the ground. Still scored 19.9. nineteen point nine, second highest quarterback of the week. Oh wow,
0: yeah, uh, by a lot because the MOP put on a show in this game. Mm-hmm. And you look at the numbers for Adams, and they they don't do his game justice. At all. I thought, (laughs) honestly, I don't know how Manziel's going to look when he goes in there. I feel like if he was in this game, though, on a day or two of practice, it would it would have done him no favors if he wants to go back to the NFL. And I think that these coaches in the CFL are kind of doing him a favor. They're they're letting him learn the game. Uh, it was mentioned lots of times on the broadcast that he's basically had to learn three new offenses in a few months. Like quarterbacks, when they get a new offense every year, it doesn't. It's not a good thing. Uh So <laughs> he's learning another offense. I'm going to assume he's going to start next week, and that is no fault of Vernon Adams in this one. He got sacked six times, but he had eight carries for 72 yards and a rushing touchdown. He was moving around, but the Alves had three missed field goals. He almost hit Chris Harper uh, it was a diving catch. It would have been a great catch, but it went right in between his hands. So the Owls here put up 23 points, and that's basically the output from their last, what, two or three games combined. So <laughs> they actually, they had an okay game. Adams had an okay game uh, as well. He did not look Terrible out there, and I, I feel like he actually could be an all right quarterback in this league if he were given the ball and let him run with it for a little bit. He he really hasn't had uh, the fairest of
1: opportunities. No, he hasn't. He's kind of been stuck down the depth chart and basically everywhere he's been, uh, you know, doesn't get a lot of opportunities. He's basically they look at him like a short yardage guy. Uh, he yeah. proved he proved Thursday night that he you know he is a mobile quarterback. He can throw the football. He was only five thousand dollars and got basically 20 points yeah so if you had the balls to put him in your lineup like i did you're not (laughs) too you're not too upset with that it is amazing um
0: how mobile he is Uh, he might be more mobile than Manziel, uh judging by how fast that kid is (laughs) bouncing around with defensive Mm -hmm. linemen flying everywhere you know uh the old mini camp games you could play on madden like mm-hmm. there's there's the pocket presence one, and when you put it on all Madden, the balls are just flying at you nonstop. That was Vernon Adams. He would have crushed that.
1: Yeah, yeah it, it's impossible on the like, on the All Star <laughs> setting, but or on the All Madden <laughs> setting, but yeah, yeah. no, I, I get where you're coming from with that. Now, a, a quarterback. We didn't talk about Mike Riley yet. I know, and we have to
0: talk about him. I know, and we will get there right away. <laughs> okay, okay. I know. We we do have <laughs> to talk about a quarterback that didn't see the field in this one. Mm. But we were basically promised that we were going to see him. Now, I didn't care. I thought it would have been stupid if they threw him in there. Um, but fans there in Montreal were booing Vernon Adams as he's coming to the field. They were chanting Johnny. I felt bad for Vernon. He gets put into this crappy situation Uh, again. It's like things go bad to worse for Vernon Adams. But should they have thrown Manziel in there? I don't know what it would have done for him.
1: What what do you accomplish with that other than pleasing a couple people in the stadium that that want to see him for some unknown reason in a blowout of a football game? Like, why put him in? In a nothing game where you get hurt, your offensive line was doing nothing to protect Vernon Adams. What makes me do anything to protect Johnny Manziel?
0: Yeah, I do think they were wrong to say he was going to be in the game. Mm -hmm.
1: And and I think we knew that he wouldn't. There was no way he was going to start on two days' worth of practice. I thought maybe, I thought maybe a short yardage, uh, a sneak or or something like that, or you know, a a fake, a fake play involving short yardage, but um, I, I wasn't surprised I didn't get any playing time.
0: Now, yes, let's talk about the other quarterback. Of oh. 24 of 32, 415 yards, four touchdowns. Oh, did I mention a rushing touchdown as well? It, it, is this the greatest fantasy game in TSN CFL fantasy history? I, I think it's. if
1: it's not, it's got to be close. Like oh. that <laughs> 41.2 points he had three receivers over 100 yards wow like he this is a game for the ages for mike riley um you know and these people saying, oh yeah i i, I got tweets and, oh yeah you say that he charges more than double what or he costs more than double what the average is but look what he does i'm like it's one game he's not going to put up 40 points every week so if well, <laughs> if you wanna if you wanna pay if you wanna pay four thousand dollars more for two extra points from your quarterback on a normal week, you go right ahead. There was a lot
0: of fantasy output if you took the right guys in this one for mm-hmm. really cheap. Like, you know, we'll get to it, but Dembski and Stafford are, are still relatively cheap and they put up big points because when you pick Riley it affects the rest of your lineup that's the thing if you could just you know put a check mark next to his name and there was no salary cap of course you, you probably would do really well if you picked him every week mm-hmm. but it's it's just tough when uh you, you're hoping and praying for value at you know the $2500 range but Duke Williams I, you know what because uh, it, it's so sad, the the whole Johnny Manziel thing. And I, I hope it brings more attention to the CFL and the guys already in it. Like Duke Williams, this guy has four catches, 116 yards and two touchdowns. And Darrell Walker had 77 yards in this one. He caught Manziel's last pass at Texas mm-hmm. A&M. Uh, Kenny Stafford had 105 yards. I, you know what? If I walked to, you know, eight people on the street, maybe one of them knows who Kenny Stafford is, but how many know of Johnny Manziel? You know, so yeah. hopefully we can get these guys' names out there, and the league can start focusing on players like that.
1: Yeah, you, you need to start focusing on players that are, you know, playing. Um, yeah. I, I get, I, I get it. it it gets it gets league attention, but I'm sick and tired of hearing about Johnny Manziel until he plays. Mm-hmm. Like, Duke Williams, like you were saying, 116 yards, two touchdowns, 27.6 points, second straight week over 27, five wow. in a row over 20 points. This is his fifth game in a row uh, over 100 yards. He's averaging 119.5 in the last five games.
0: That's an Eskimo record.
1: It's tied for the Eskimo mm-hmm. record, too. And all we heard about all game was Johnny Manziel. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, like I, I'm, just, I'm just sick and tired of it. Until he get until he plays, and then we can talk about him. But until then, what's the point? You're just wasting your breath.
0: At what point does he become just another guy in the league, or does that ever happen?
1: I oh, I don't know if it does because. This year is going to be it 's his first year, you know there 'll be an adjustment period, and so we 're going to have to talk about that then next year if he 's having a good year we 're going to have to worry about him leaving if he 's not having a good year then we 're going to have yeah. to wonder if he 's going to sign extension or if he 's going to be done with football it 's just going to snowball apparently he's been saying all the right things like he
0: 's figuring oh man, this c f l thing I might have to be here for four or five years to figure this mm-hmm. stuff out. and So he's saying the right things, but we'll, we'll see if he actually
1: follows through with them, I guess. Yeah, and like, like you're saying, time will tell what actually happens. Um, it's just exhausting having to listen yeah. to it when nothing has happened. The
0: Owls uh, receiving core, uh, it's no matter who's <coughs> playing quarterback there, they're struggling. Uh, Ernest Jackson kind of just looks like he's given up seven targets, two catches, you know, some of them would have been, you know, tough or nearly impossible to catch, but man, uh, Jackson's got to turn on those burners a little bit, but you know you got your George Johnsons. Eugene Lewis had a nice one, fifty-two yards. But Tyrell Sutton, uh, five targets, four catches, eighty-two yards. That is a player I think needs to be known more. Mm-hmm. This guy is all-star caliber, and I-, I thought that the way that the Alouettes used him in this game oh they, they kind of wasted it I know they were down in the second half but he had two carries uh mm-hmm. he had seven carries for 39 yards in the game but the second
1: half he when they were still kind of in it they,
0: they they weren't giving him the ball
1: yeah I I have no idea what's going on in Montreal um you know Mike Sherman looks like a man who's defeated like he kind before, of does. The, before the games even started, <laughs> I don't think he realized what he was coming into. Um, you know, the O line with Sutton, it's really hard because that O line wasn't good. Yeah. Um, you know, thirty nine, thirty nine yards, seven carries. That's still over five yards a carry. Like you you can probably make that work. Um, they didn't. You know, they. We all kind of knew they were going to lose this football game anyways. Um, but at sixteen point one for Tyrell Sutton, he was their highest. Uh, Points for the night for the Montreal Alouettes, and that's that's not that doesn't bode well for the rest of your team.
0: No, it, it really doesn't because 16's not all that much, and he could have had the ball a lot mm-hmm. more. One thing on those Alouettes, I don't think Sherman has figured out how to manage the clock. That's embarrassing. What happened?
1: <laughs> I, I have no idea. I I literally have no idea. I I think he thought
0: the clock was going to keep running because there's almost no point in using your timeout until the very last moment in a half when you Mm -hmm. just want to kick the field goal. (laughs) Because until the play gets whistled in, until they spot the ball, they're not going to run the clock. It was just such a... And then they ended up getting sacked on it anyway and got
1: nothing out of it. It was just terrible. <laughs> but but yet not surprising.
0: I know. I know. Like, that I'll, sums I'll put up it, I'll the put year. A
1: toony, I'll put a tuning in the jar. I don't care. That, that was so bad. So bad.
0: They play what, Hamilton this week? And that's for second in the East. <laughs> 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 That's a home playoff game on the line for the Montreal Alouettes. I know it's what week eight, but <laughs> oh, that makes me sick. <laughs> As for the Eskimos, um, uh, CJ Gable had sixty nine on the ground. He had to receive. Oh, an awesome receiving touchdown! Uh, two catches mm-hmm. and twenty two yards. But look at the how many different. Players caught the ball for the Eskimos. They filled the chart, and I guess that's what happens when your quarterback throws for over 400 yards. So if you tuned in for the Johnny Football Show, you got the MOP show. I hope you were okay with that. We go to Friday Night Football in Winnipeg, and the Bombers worked the Toronto Argonauts. And of course they they're making some moves now. The Argos have now said that McLeod Bethel Thompson is going to start their next game at quarterback. They they traded TJ Heath as well, but forty to fourteen the final score and it was the Nick Dempsky show on Friday night. Oh if you if you put him in your lineup, you're a happy man. Let's just say that.
1: I, I had him in my lineup to start and then I took him out.
0: Oh, the story of all our lives. Uh, mm-hmm. Five catches, eighty-two yards, a touchdown, three carries, thirty-four yards, and a touchdown. Andrew Harris didn't have to do anything, but you're upset. He's almost eleven thousand dollars, and he had ten carries for twenty-eight yards. So you're not the happiest to capper. At least he had five catches for fifty to save his night a little bit there.
1: A little bit, uh, you know, twelve point eight, not. Not terrible, but when you pay what you pay for Andrew Harris, you're expecting yeah. a little more than that. I mean, I don't even know what to say
0: about this game. Nichols looks like his nickel self. 19 mm-hmm. of 28, 253, two touchdowns and an interception. He sure looks a lot better than that loss in BC. He looks like uh, his old self again almost.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, interceptions are going to happen. Uh, he he takes care of the football. Uh you know, high percentage offense that they run in Winnipeg allows him to do that. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot, and we saw that again on Friday night. As for
0: Toronto, James Franklin, 20 of 31, 236, and three interceptions. It feels like we've been talking about this for half a decade now. How do the Bombers keep forcing these turnovers? I think we're already at over 20 on the year. They just. Keep doing it. Now, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of a coach performing well in a contract year, but that kind of seems exactly like what Richie Hall's doing.
1: Yeah, must be nice to have that. I mean, the Riders <laughs> did have Richie Hall, and he didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah,
0: the the old bend don't break, and, oh, man, they're breaking offenses so far, at least Toronto.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, James Franklin, you know, he's still, still young. I know we say it every week. Uh, you know, he's still got lots of learning to do. Three picks. This this defense, uh, you know, we talk a lot about Calgary's defense and granted it is first in the league. Winnipeg's defense this week, they put up twenty one points in fantasy. Wow. Twenty one. And they weren't <laughs> they weren't even the most expensive, I don't think. No, so,
0: Calgary was sixty three hundred bucks or something.
1: This so they were just below six thousand, I think, in, for Winnipeg. And yeah, twenty one they put up more points fantasy wise than Andrew Harris. Oh, yeah!
0: You're not happy <laughs> if, if you had that in your lineup because that's a lot
1: of cash. They they outscored their own quarterback. Oh, that's hard to do. Yeah, not when it's Matt Nichols so much, but yeah,
0: he manages to. Matt Nichols to, swear uh, jar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, for Toronto, oh, the ultimate fantasy screw job. I don't know if you saw that play yet. So I took Martice Jackson. I figured he would get more work with uh, James Wilder being banged up. Not really uh, all that much going on. He had a catch for eight yards, two carries for 36. Now the 121-yard run, he was tackled at the goal line and... Both Suter and CC thought it was a touchdown. The ball crossed the plane, and every play in the CFL is supposed to be reviewed if it could be a score. But the Argos, they went into a rush, a hurry-up offense, ran to the line, and snuck it into the end zone. So uh, I guarantee you there's somebody out there that lost some cash on DraftKings because that touchdown didn't count.
1: Yeah, and they were supposed to be reviewing close plays at the goal line. Yeah, and I know, and like you said, they were in a hurry-up offense. That should still be relayed to the game official, and that clock should be stopped. The game, like that, that play goes under review. Um, that being said, we don't know if it wasn't or it was. Um, yeah, but with the with the quickness of it, I, I would say they they never got a good look at it. Um, yeah, like that. That just looks bad. Uh, you know, you, you you need to stop the game there and review that play. They scored anyway, um, but if if you're gonna use replay the way it's intended to get the play right, get all of them right.
0: Yeah, I did have uh, 116 points on the week, but man, it, it could have been just a teeny bit better if that touchdown counted for me. So. Martiz i 'm pulling for you. They have to get him into that offense more because man he is he fast. he adds mm-hmm. a really different dynamic to that team. I know Anthony Coombs is probably going to be coming back, and you know maybe that'll help Bethel Thompson or Franklin or whoever's going to be the quarterback, but they need more and more weapons uh, I, i've seen it floated out there. Why have they not called Bakari Grant? And heck, Chad Owens returning to Toronto because all they have is S.J. Green right now, and he's not doing much. No, and he can't. No, he's got no help. <laughs> There's no. You only got to cover one receiver. You can put two mm-hmm. guys on him, and the rest of the guys aren't a aren't a threat at all.
1: Well, and let's just say this with with the show prep that we've done, I listed three. The top three point getters for Toronto, and SJ Green is not in those three. Wow. Their top receiver was Armonty Edwards with 10 points. Ten.
0: That's not going to win you, I, it's not going to win you fantasy, but it's not going to win you football
1: you, games either. No, <laughs> It's really tough when, you, like, you got to have more than one weapon, and S, SJ is, is a possession guy, so it's Armonty Edwards, they have nobody to stretch the field, and we've talked about this, and... You know It's really hard to just continually march on the field without being able to make a big play. Granted, they can make big plays, and they have, uh, but that threat's not there. It makes it a little easier for the defense to to keep the ball in front of them.
0: Before we talk about the two games on Saturday, i got to say thank you to ATB Financial. Now, they uh, they got all kinds of resources to help people out. Uh, Ty, and I know a certain uh, plant is becoming legal in uh, October. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. They got the Entrepreneur Center. So if you're looking at starting a business, they got locations in Calgary, Edmonton, Grand Prairie, and Lethbridge. They got pop-up entrepreneur centers in different communities for a month. So watch out for that. They'll help you with your business, start up, whatever you want to do. Ty, if you could have a business, what would it be?
1: Uh, I would open up – well, I would actually resell Gurga cookies outside of marijuana dispensers. <laughs>
0: I, you know what? And that is an entrepreneurial attitude. And it's also
1: illegal, but that's neither here nor there.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't even know if I should air this one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, I, 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 I buy Grogat cookies by the case, not by the box, by the case. So, I mean, I always have some extra ones kicking around that I need to get rid of.
0: How many boxes in a case? Twelve oh so 60 bucks Yeah oh that's not so bad then
1: no I don't get a deal on them. I think I'm getting ripped off.
0: Yeah, where's the volume discount at 50 mm-hmm <laughs> I, I think Brazilian Thai sport book would be a uh, has a ring to it.
1: Well, it could be like a sport book and spa kind of idea.
0: <laughs> Sportbook and Spa you did go for a pedicure last <laughs> week.
1: It was amazing.
0: Look at this. So com Brazilian Thai, log on, and uh, get your sport book and spa all set up, okay?
1: Uh, I'm assuming you'll be my first customer, but I am not (laughs) touching your feet. I don't blame you, man. I don't blame you. So this is
0: absolutely incredible. The early game on Saturday, Ottawa beats Hamilton 21-15. There were no touchdowns scored until about two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Ottawa wins with seven field goals. I think we've got a chance here for Lewis Ward to be Ottawa's MOP, MOC, and most outstanding special teams player, too.
1: Based just solely on this week? Absolutely.
0: <laughs> How do you go seven for seven? You don't score a touchdown and you win by six. It, absolutely insane. And this kid's a rookie, and that mm-hmm. win in Tim Hortons fields was insane. Uh Laram Hiralahu kicks there every week and he couldn't nail field goals, and the kid just goes out there and nails seven of them. It was it was a nice performance.
1: Well, we finally got our phones back after supper was done and speeches, and we're looking at the scores and we're talking, and you tell me the score. I'm like, oh, that's not good. I took Hamilton, and then I'm like, well, what? You know, Otto probably had three touchdowns. And then you're like, Harris didn't get one. William Powell didn't get one. Brad Snopley didn't get one. (laughs) I'm like, wait, what? And you're like, Lewis Ward, seven for seven. I'm like, get out of here. (laughs) I had to go to the bar and grab a drink. So I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm out.
0: 245 yards on field goals. <laughs>
1: oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, no. I would need 200 kicks for that. It, it's almost. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You just did the math, didn't you?
0: <laughs> I did. <laughs> it's almost like, and I know we hammer on um uh Mike Sherman. But I think Glanville and June Jones have been in tough the last few weeks. Um, But that being said, the Hamilton defense didn't give up a a touchdown. So it's pretty hard to crap on them. Their offense couldn't finish drives. They were Mm -hmm. moving the ball a lot. But I don't know what it is about the Tiger Cats this year. Their starting position, it seems like every drive is brutal. They, they they moved the ball quite a bit. Uh, I mean, Mazzoli had 352 yards, so he he didn't have a terrible game. But the Tiger Cats go back to abandoning the run. There were only eight carries to John White in 25 yards. But when, yeah. when your starting position is that bad, uh, it's going to be hard to score points.
1: Yeah, that's what the the numbers are deceiving, right? You, you have that bad of field position or starting field position, I should say all the time, you're going to have to rack up. You're going to have to rack up yards to get, to get anywhere, right? It's not like you can have the ball at the 40 and you just need to get 15 yards. You can pin them deep. If you don't make it, um, you know, you got to get out of the shadow of your own goalpost. You got a lot of work to do. And you know, those sustained drives. Yeah. We talk about how hard it is on the defense. It's still pretty hard on that old line. You know, the receivers running their routes and having to run back yeah. to the line and running routes. It tires, it tires both teams out. Uh, It's just we tend to focus a lot on the defense because they're the ones getting, you know, they're the ones getting attacked, so to speak. Um, But yeah, you're you're having 95 yard drives for touchdowns. Uh, That takes a lot out of you.
0: Jalen Saunders, eight catches, 154 yards, and a touchdown. So it was a big night for Saunders. If you took him, Banks had 113 yards. And uh, then after that, a pretty steep drop off. So I think they might have missed Tasker and Tolliver. At least Tolliver brings some size to that receiving Mm -hmm. core because Chris Williams is... 155 pounds soaking wet himself. So <laughs> yeah. he, at least Tolliver's got some height. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And and we saw it the last two weeks against the Saskatchewan that that they had to put Duron Carter on him because it's like well if we put anybody else on him it's just, he's he's going to win every jump ball. So yeah. he does ha- that's where he has the advantage over a lot of corners in this league is he's so much bigger. uh You know and the receiving core in Hamilton is relatively small. So. uh and Luke Tasker, too. He's unreal. He he goes to where, you know, guys are scared to go and makes plays. Uh, you know, having those two guys out was huge for that offense. I know the Ottawa uh,
0: offense has a ton of talent, but they haven't been able to click for the last few weeks. Powell, Ellingson, Spencer, all these guys. I know uh, they ran into Calgary, so that is tough. But uh, Ellingson and Spencer... They have not had the seasons we've, or, or games even, we've come accustomed to from these two players.
1: No, Brad Snopley has kind of taken that over.
0: Yeah, he <laughs> has. And what a year he's having. I guess he's, uh, he's up tough against uh, Lewis Ward mm-hmm. for
1: MOC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was quite the Canadian showcase on Saturday afternoon.
0: It was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's too bad that we had to take wedding photos. <laughs> hey, that was a good time. From what I vaguely remember, yes. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah. There, Deontay Spencer. I said it last week. Like you know, every time he doesn't seem to be as explosive on his, in his return game uh, as we've seen in the past. It, I don't know if it's if it's the cover team coming down or if it's the guys in front of him a little bit. Uh, he just doesn't seem to to be able to bust out big ones, uh, big big return here and there. Um, yeah, and Greg Allenson, just yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is, just he's not himself, it seems like to me.
0: No, uh, 30, what, 34 yards? That's, yeah. yeah n- not a pretty game, but Sinopoli has nine catches again, so uh, that price is going to continue to raise. He's going to be the most expensive part of that uh, Ottawa offense, and he's probably becoming worth it to try and fit in there.
1: Oh, for sure. The only problem is that there's Price prices going to go up and up and up. You're going to take them, and then Spencer Ellingson are going to have a 150 yard game and you know 30 points, and Sunalp is going to have two catches and you know maybe yeah. a touchdown.
0: Yeah, exactly. We go to the last game of the week in Regina. Calgary beats Saskatchewan, 34 22, but it got off to a 24 nothing lead in the first quarter. The Riders had an absolutely atrocious start. I think there were a couple fumbles in there. There were <laughs> the, the field position that the Stampeders had. It was like playing half court basketball for the Stamps in the in the first, and they the, they started off with the big play to Mark and Michelle, and that set the tone. But you know, after the first, it was more of a game. But when you're in the uh, uh, basically a four score three score deficit with the two point conversions that's a deep hole to get out of
1: yeah when we we turned it on i'm going to admit i turned my fo- i turned the football game on my phone at the head table and it was 17 nothing during, during the dance with the parents so <laughs> you can call me a terrible best man but i'd do it again in a heartbeat <laughs> We turn it on just in time to watch Eric Rogers score his touchdown. I'm like, oh my, okay, I'm not wasting battery on this anymore. Yep. Uh, You know, they say you can't win the game in the first quarter. And I'm like, okay, well, there is lots of football left. But I mean, the way Saskatchewan's playing, I don't see how it's even a game. Uh, But you can lose a game in the first quarter. They didn't even Mm -hmm. score enough points. (laughs) Saskatchewan didn't score enough points to even cover. 24 points so but you know they won the last three quarters 22 to 10 they only up 10 points after giving up 24 in that first quarter uh so i mean if you're looking for anything positive there that that is nice to see you know adjust certain adjustments get made and you know players start making plays and you know holding calgary yeah they scored 34 points but i mean one bad quarter really inflates that that 10 points in three quarters that looks really good to me on a defensive side of the ball
0: If you told me the over-under was 55.5, I would have taken the under, but uh, it squeaks with uh, 56 Mm -hmm. in this one. (laughs) Uh, More points scored in this one than I uh, definitely expected. But, yeah, when the special team scores for the Stampeders, the defense forces uh, fumbles to get the team in good field position, that team is going to take advantage every single time that is what the Stampeders are good at that is what they do they do the little things right maybe Mm -hmm. when the thermometer drops a little bit uh, they get a bit rattled I don't know exactly what it is in November but in uh, July and August those things are always clicking on all cylinders for this uh, well coached team I don't even know if
1: you can say well coached perfectly coached team and you know they win all four facets of the game whether it be offense defense special teams and mental yeah, that like, too. it's really it, it's really hard to beat them in any one of those. Um, you know, if you can, you have a shot. Mm-hmm. But it's so hard, and it's so rarely done in the regular season. They haven't had a lot of playoff success, but in the regular season, the, the, these guys are the closest thing we're going to see to an unbeatable team. Because because they do everything right, like you said.
0: If you took any rider, you're not the happiest, um, they, they basically all got shut down, but they were able to move the ball. Compared to how the rider offense looked two, three weeks ago, I thought they might have scored. They, they would have been lucky to score a rouge in this one, but they, <laughs> they put they put up 22, and the Stampeder defense, I know one was a pick six from uh, Toby Antigua, which that guy... Now, that's a guy that can play just about every position. He's impressive.
1: Yes, very much so.
0: (laughs) He flies all over the place. This is the second interception of the year. So the defense did score one there, but the Stamps were averaging uh, giving up eight and a half points a game up until this one. So I would say the Riders scoring uh, 22 is, I guess, a success. The last three quarters were a success. If you could erase the first one. I know that's not how football works, then the game looks a lot different
1: for the green and white. So they they didn't have an offensive touchdown. No. Yeah. Like it's it's not, not a not the preferred way to play football. Brandon Bridge had six point two. Like we we said it you showed me this or we saw the stat line after the first quarter before we turned the game off. And he had five passing yards in that first quarter. Mm hmm. And I believe Nick said, Oh, and they call America Canada. And I replied with, might as well start calling them Via Rail at this point. <laughs> On the line of the night. You were a bottle and a half of wine in, so you thought everything was hilarious. <laughs> okay, that's still funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Well, the, the the craziest stat was it was seventeen nothing stampeders and the stamps had one first down.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know what was going on in that game. And I I tried to watch it when I got home today and I just like, I can't do this. Like I I know the outcome, I know the riders end up scoring some points, but I I know they don't score an offensive touchdown. So I watched I watched the interception return. I know that you know that Calgary only scored ten points in the last three quarters. Like what am I doing here? Yeah. I I I watched through it a little bit and I was like, I'm I'm missing nothing after that first quarter, it seemed, and after the interception return, so I I watched what I needed to because it, it was just it was a hard game to watch.
0: It was nice to see Charleston Hughes get his hands on Bo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that guy's playing out of this world. He's having an amazing season.
1: Yeah. Uh and everybody thought. Or you know, we even said it too, that you know maybe Calgary knows something we don't. Um, In regards to maybe him being ready to to see the decline in his career, I haven't seen it, so it's not making a whole lot of sense to me uh, why he was let go unless it was a money issue or something like that. But holy crap, this guy like it's it's ridiculous how good he is. He's got he's got eight sacks this year.
0: Wow! Yeah, he's one of the greats. Uh, there's no mm-hmm. you know arguing that one.
1: No, uh, you're not going to get an argument from me. That that's for sure. Uh, you know he has eight quarterback sacks. Like I was saying he's leading the league in quarterback sacks. Next closest is is Botang with five. Wow! So I mean, the riders the riders have a defensive end. Well, now their whole defensive line—it's it, what we have been saying for the last two years. They need to figure out this defensive line. Like, they're, they don't want to waste Willie Jefferson, you know, mm-hmm. g- guys like that. You know, you bring in Zach Evans, you, you bring in Charleston Hughes, and all of a sudden that front seven is just—it's scary good to watch.
0: Yeah, it, it, it is very, very uh, vicious. And I know they lost um, Derek Moncrief in this mm-hmm. one, but I thought you know the defense still. Performed okay. Uh, this is the second week in a row, though. They give up a, a punt return for a touchdown. Terry Williams has the big one there. Uh, hopefully that streak doesn't continue. <laughs>
1: it would be nice to see that end, yes.
0: <laughs> so if, if that continues to be a trend, maybe target a uh, opposing uh, returner against the Rough Riders in this one. But uh, I think that about does it for that game. How was your fantasy week? How many points did you put up? I put up just
1: over a hundred and eleven.
0: Okay, you know I'm I'm happy that I put over a hundred without picking Mike Riley. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, uh, I was second in our private league for the week, uh, so I'll take that. And I am now second overall in our private league, so I will take that as well. Oh, sorry.
0: 109.2. Okay.
1: But I'm slowly climbing up the standings.
0: You're climbing, climbing, climbing. Yeah, because let's face it, i I doubled my points from last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I That's- had an embarrassment. Two weeks in a row, I had quarterbacks that scored less than five. <laughs> That's on you, man. Yeah, that is on me. It's just absolute <laughs> embarrassment. Embarrassment. So I, I'm glad that I'm kind of out of the gutter. I need some consistent consistency here, kind of like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And uh, I know we'll have a better performance on Thursday morning, right, Brazilian tie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to feel better tomorrow. Oh, we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network. Man, there are podcasts for everything uh, in the APN, Alberta podcast network.com There is a Bollywood podcast. It's called Bollywood is for lovers, so check that out. Have you ever watched like a Bollywood action movie? Because they are incredible. No, I haven't. I don't watch a lot of movies. We've gone over this. Yeah, you, you don't. I, I wouldn't... Wow. Well. I would say some Bollywood action scenes are worth seeking out on YouTube because they <laughs> it's like a normal guy, and he's Captain America on steroids. It's just absolutely incredible.
1: <laughs> I, I feel like that that's the start of a real dark wormhole on Twitter on YouTube. Oh, yeah. You get that down the rabbit hole, and it's hard one. to get back out.
0: <laughs> all right, buddy. Uh, hydrate, and I'll talk to you uh, Thursday morning, all right? Sounds good. <laughs> rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.